Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism, Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as The Brain Broad. And today is a beautiful, sunshiny, wonderful day here in California, where I am doing the show from, although our guest is from the other side of the country. We'll get to that in a minute. So here I am. I'm enjoying my beautiful day with the IRS at my door, problems to solve and people to save, and we are going to have a lot of fun. All right? But if you do want to contribute to me so that I can get out of this mess, I'm happy to take it. In the meantime, I want to remind you to stay to the very end of the show where we'll do stories from the road. And as is often the case, just to avoid confidentiality problems, I may tell you a story about my family, or I may tell you a story about my work and really disguise that person. Okay, and before that, we usually have the okay, 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 great guest giveaway, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. It depends on how much fun I have with my guests. There just may not be time, but if there is, I promise to give you something. Okay, so here we are. We're going to talk to a gentleman from Rising Tide, and how this came about was... I don't know if you've noticed it on Facebook or not or on the Internet, but uh, those of us in the autism community have probably stumbled across a car wash that is especially designed, well, or... I don't even know what the right word is. It, it employs people on the autism spectrum. And it's very exciting to me. Way back when I was raising my kids, I remember almost investing in a mini golf, you know, a, we, the kids used to call it putt-putt. So mini golf course, I was looking around. It looked like a good business. There was nothing in the area. And I remember thinking, well, you know, at least then they'll have a job and I can employ them. Fortunately and unfortunately, I never did that for a variety of reasons, which maybe I'll tell you at the end of the show. However, I always kind of had a a mind to what would it be like to create a family business in order to solve the, you know, falling off the cliff once you're a certain age, nobody wants to hire you problem. Well, Rising Tide has a story like that in its background, and we're going to talk to Tom, and I actually never asked Tom how to pronounce his last name, so I don't want to mess it up because it's kind of one of those funky little ones, so I'm going to let him say it. But he's the COO, co-founder of Rising Tide Car Wash. He's a social entrepreneur with a background in research and strategy, and then it says something, I have no idea what this means, so I also have to ask him that. It says, unreasonable fellow, and, you know, it's a fellow, like, you know, when you become a fellow, but, but it's great. Unreasonable fellow, I've known a few of those, and a starting block fellow, and I've known a few of those, too, a couple of starter kits that I might have married and then divorced, but we're not going into that right now. Okay, so, Tom, is it Deary? Dieri's pretty close. It's Dieri. Uh, Dieri. Okay, really Tom Dieri. Welcome to the show. Thank you for putting up with my yada 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 in the front. And let's start with tell us about Rising Tide. Cool. Um, so my father and I, my my father is my co-founder and our CEO, um, decided that we wanted to build something for my brother Andrew, um, who's on the autism spectrum. 
in 2012. Uh, Andrew at that point was 21, and I think we recognized something that a lot of families in that age range recognize that in, in order for their loved one with autism to lead the full and independent you know, life that they're fully capable of leading, there, there aren't, aren't a whole lot of job opportunities out there right now for individuals with autism. So they've thought about taking action, and that's essentially what we thought, that building a business uh, to employ Andrew, others like him, and also get at some of the root causes, which I'm happy to talk about, that we believe are holding a lot of individuals with autism back from finding employment. Um, that's why we built the business, in, in a nutshell. And actually, I would love to talk about that. One of the things yeah. that I try to do in my show is have a question that we answer. I don't always remember to do it, even though I called it answers. Um, but here's our question. Is it a good idea to have a family-run business, or would it have been better for you to, you know, say to your brother, you've got to go and, and work somewhere else that's not related to the family? So let's, yeah. let's look at that. What are the problems? That's a great question, or a, and that's a, an interesting um, way to frame it. So... Um, the reason that we do recommend entrepreneurship as a, as a route that is a, as a possible way to create uh, employment for an individual with autism, specifically in a family enterprise like ours, uh, is because you know, right now the business community looks at autism as a disability that requires sympathy instead of a potentially really valuable diversity. And because of that, a lot of companies... Uh, may shy away from employing individuals with autism and having nothing to do with the capabilities, but because it's looked at as a, as a disability. So the great thing that entrepreneurship can do is not only create uh, a job for a specific individual, but a successful small business that employs people with autism and is founded like ours to employ people with autism uh, can really start to change that message, right? Uh, we need a critical mass of success stories uh, that prove to the business community that employing individuals with autism is a competitive advantage. Once we can do that, you know, we can, if you look at this as an adoption curve, meaning that you have your innovators and your early adopters at the beginning of this curve and your mainstream businesses in the middle, um, we need to be able to get those, that critical mass of innovators activated before we can really get to that mainstream business community. As far as it being a family business, so we've been going out and uh, talking with lots of families and self-advocates about entrepreneurship and, and what it's like to start an autism social enterprise. And before we went and did that, we spoke with other autism entrepreneurs, because we're certainly not the only ones doing this type of work. Uh, and what we found is actually... That is definitely emerging as a best practice among people that are doing this, uh, that we're involving essentially multiple generations of families to try to solve this issue. Generally, for an, an individual, like we started for Andrew, and it evolved into employing a lot more people than Andrew, but it was started because of him. Um, doing that in this multi-generational way creates both some really strong benefits as well as some things to think about. Uh, as far as the benefit goes, when we're starting these businesses, it's, we're, we're thinking about a solution for, for an individual for a lifetime. Uh, and typically, children outlive their parents. So with that in mind, 
there needs to be a succession plan. Uh, right. And, and a, a, a sibling, or in some cases, um, even like a, a, a nephew, uh, that can be a really good succession plan. Uh, yeah, in my family as well, we're, we're a huge family and everybody helps everybody. Um, what right. we haven't done, I've just realized, is tell them what the heck. It's a car wash, people. <laughs> We're talking away about the business and the family aspect, and we didn't really describe the business itself, so they're not able to really picture it. So can you give us that for a second? Yeah. Um, but So we are essentially a conveyorized car wash uh, type of business model that you'd see in pretty much every, count, um, every town across the United States. Uh, we do both exterior-only car washes as well as full-service car washes and some express detailing. Uh, and what we, the reason we chose this business, uh, because we knew it was a business model that was really well vetted. We wanted to choose a business model that we knew worked, and then we wanted to design a rich employment experience within that business model for Andrew and his peers. Uh, and did you, did you consider at all the fact that so many of the, our, our young boys especially, but girls too, with autism are often very attached to cars and trucks and, and sort of all the particulars and the detail work? Uh, not for everyone, certainly, but many of the people on the spectrum will get very involved in making sure it's perfect. Have you... Was that part of your thinking? Has that turned out to be true? Is that, you know, is, are you going to blow the doors off that myth? Talk to me about that a bit. Yeah, so we chose the car wash because we thought that it would work for, for a, a lot of individuals with autism because of the desire to be in routine process and detail-oriented uh, positions. So that was definitely part of the equation. Uh, the... Re, the the um, interest in automotive and cars specifically didn't really factor in when we were making the decision, though I will say that that isn't a myth. There are a lot of individuals with autism that really love cars. One of our best supervisors, Matt, will tell you all day about his 2014 Dodge Charger, his pride and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that, you know, that is definitely a thing. Um, that, that helps us because our employees are really enthusiastic about the work uh, and the detail orientation definitely helps and is a huge competitive advantage for us as well as the willingness and desire to follow a process. We're all about process here. Every bit of the business is process driven uh, and our employees really love to follow those processes. So that's a huge advantage when in a, a business like this typically have trouble at, keeping those processes um, with good integrity. Okay, so then do you think that your business really does have a competitive advantage to, say, some other car wash group or at least equal-equal? Uh, is, there's is definitely a competitive advantage. Um, for, so there's a variety of advantages, uh, but the, the most important ones in our eyes uh, is, one, uh, our employees are genuinely enthusiastic about working here. Uh, they really want to be able to prove that they can add value to a business and that they're, they're really potentially valuable employees. And that enthusiasm really generates a customer experience that's rare. Uh, and at least specifically in a retail business and really in a car wash, you typically don't go to a car wash and have all the employees really happy to be at work. 
uh, and, right. and our guys really are. Um, Isn't that cool? It's amazing. Uh, it's really great. Because of that, because they're really happy in the work, uh, we have a turnover rate that is far less than a normal car wash. Average car wash turnover is anywhere between 100% and 250% annually. There's not great industry data on that. That's why it gets such a wide range. But last year was about 30%. So it's at least three times lower than a normal car wash, which really allows us to invest in training and and really that gives us that, that edge in, in production because our employees really have been here for a while. They're, they're mature at this point and they do an exceptional job. So there's the the training and return on, on that, that's really important, the enthusiasm and customer service. I mean, I think the enthusiasm. Well. Yeah. I th- for me, okay, so if I'm going to get my car washed and yeah. I go to car wash, you know, A, and everybody's like, well, you know, this is the best job I can get, and I go to car wash B, and they're like, man, I love to wash your car. I'm going to go to car wash B. And that, that's right. really the bottom line. Exactly, exactly. And we hear that all the time that, I mean, most of our Customers still don't necessarily know about the social mission, but they know they get a great quality of service, and everybody's really nice. We hear that all the time. That's, oh, yeah, that's okay, you guys so are so cool. nice. That's so and, cool. Okay, so before we yeah. get into the mid-show break, I want to ask, um, so you've got people that you employ that are on the right. spectrum, and then um, you've also got your brother. So that means that it's a family business for your brother, but it's not a family business for the other people on the spectrum. And also, do you, do you cater to only spectrum individuals, or you know, is it like cerebral palsy as well? Is it a mixture? So kind of both. What's it, uh, what's it like for the people who are coming in to get a job, yeah. and then is it just spectrum? Well, yeah, so, so it, it's very much treated as a family business throughout like, the whole organization. So um, from the top, my, my dad and I work hand-in-hand. Hand. He's the CEO. I'm the COO. Uh, our two of our, our two executive managers are some of my best friends from the time we were in high school, and then have you know grown up with my brother as well. Um, and the management team uh, below that are, are individuals that we've essentially cultivated throughout um, over the course of a few years. One is a sibling of an individual with autism who works here. The other. Um, went to college locally and came on after he, he went to school but had known about us. Um, and our staff, I mean, we do fun things pretty regularly together. They, everybody kind of, this is their home. Uh, this is, we call right. it kind of like the, the locker room that a lot of them never had in, in high school. As we know, high school can be a, a really tough time for a right. lot of individuals with autism. Um, this is you know, a place where their peers get them that they you know, feel they're providing value and that they, they really helps build that self-esteem and self-worth. Uh, and really rapidly, actually, in a matter of weeks, we typically see a huge change in someone's Thank you. perspective. Yeah. Thank you. That's so huge. Say that again. The self-esteem uh, that, changes immediately that you're accepted and appreciated, yeah. right? Yeah. And why are we not doing that everywhere? It's crazy. Okay. 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 But I have to. I keep imagining something, right? I keep imagining. So I hear that. I hear you. It's a family business, an extended family business, and a friend business. I get it, and I'm really happy about it. Here's my question. So your brother 
He's still, like, you know, when you say, okay, it's time to go to work, does he say, come on, because he's your brother, or does he sort of buck up and and toe the line because he wants to be like everyone else? So he he bucks up and toes the line, um, and he, you know, Andrew is type that very much, like, he adheres to rules. He's very much a rule follower. Um, So he looks at me or, and looks at my dad and when we, we tell him to do something at work, he does it. And that being said, I think you're touching on an important point about family businesses in that um, there's a dynamic that's different than a normal business where a, you know, my dad right. is my boss, right? And, and I'm right. the COO. And if I do a bad job, me saying, like, I'm sorry I did a bad job to him, I'm his son, right? So he, he thinks about that differently than if I was, uh, you know, a, not not a family member, uh, that he might look at it more harshly or there might be an easier way to say, okay, well, you know, screw you, Tom. You're not doing a good job. Right. Um, and that, that, I think, goes for my brother, too, where if he's not doing a good job, we're going to have those conversations the same way we would with any other employee. Uh, but the repercussions are different. Because, right. you know, we built the business. reality, right? right? I mean, right. He's, so, he's your brother. So. Right. So, so it's one of those things where I think that is an important thing to be mindful of as I think um, what we're seeing is there's a lot of families that are thinking about the route of starting a business. Um, and a lot of them, I, I think, may have thought about including multi-generations. I still, although it can be really challenging, encourage that multi-generational aspect to this business because it is a you know, kind of a business that you're hoping to be really enduring. Uh, and to do that, I think you want to include at least two generations. Um, yeah. But there are definitely challenges. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. You are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And today's a gorgeous day. We're talking to Tom, I hope I say it right this time, Derry, or yeah. he can say it for us. Thank you. <laughs> um, he's at www.risingtideu.com. Um, this is a wonderful business. I'm very excited that it exists. I want, it, I want them everywhere, so we'll talk about that a little bit and maybe some workshops and stuff, but before I get back to him, remember to stay to the very end of the show where we'll have stories from the road. And okay, okay, I'll give you something. I'll be the great guest giveaway. Okie dokie. Just one more thing before I talk to Tom. I just want to mention that he is an unreasonable fellow, but I'm finding him to be the most reasonable, unreasonable fellow I've ever talked to. So let's find out what the heck that is. Okay. So, Unreasonable Institute is a really wonderful organization that helps uh, social entrepreneurs like my family uh, scale their impact uh, and grow their organizations through access to really world-class type mentors as well as uh, capital partners. So, uh, I went through their global institute in uh, 2014. They hooked us up with really great um, mentors to help us strategize on how to grow the business and really, wow. really cool organization. Wow, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. And what is Starting Block, fellow? Um, so Starting Block is a, is a great organization that helps uh, young people that want to make a difference in the world 
uh, figure out how to do that with their careers. Um, and so I went to their institute uh, in 2012 and met some really great lifelong friends that are trying to do similar type work as us. Very cool. All right. So before we get talking a little bit about your workshops and the way that you can spread yourself out there and touch everybody that's listening, um, tell me one really fun personal story about you and your brother. Um, so I can, I think I can tell you a recent story. Um, my brother and I, along with my girlfriend, went up to Universal Studios which for us is about a three-hour drive, and Andrew loves Universal. Um, first time we had ever gone away without my parents, um, and he was, he was awesome. He was, showed us around the park. He had that whole thing memorized. I had no <laughs> idea how many hours he spent online memorizing that park map as well as all the rides. Um, and, you know, he was really great with my girlfriend, and... It was a, you know, it was a, it was a, it was an experience I never had with him. To be perfectly honest, we've always, you know, my parents are always around, usually when we hang out. So, um, so what inspired was, you to all go without your parents? Um, my dad, my dad had um, essentially asked to see us do some stuff together that didn't involve them, and I think that is both important from a like personal relationship between me and Andrew. But also, you know, Andrew thinking that you know not doing things with mom is a big deal for him. So this is a good opportunity to help maybe foster some independence. Um, well, and, and also, aren't you kind of like his boss at work? At work, yes, I am his boss. And so then it must be nice to not always be his boss, right? Very nice, definitely. We let Andrew take the uh, take the lead on that trip for sure. Yeah, very cool. And you're located where? We are in Parkland, Florida, so Broward County, just outside of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And so just how did your dad decide to do this? Do you know? Decide to build the business? Yeah. Like what was, yeah, the, uh, what was the straw or what was the decider? Is there a story there for us? Um, a specific story. You know, I, I think it's m- more, and he would answer this better than me, but it's, it was more of a lifetime of stories, right? We, right. Uh, my dad has always been, a, or has been a successful entrepreneur for my whole life, and ha- is the type of person that sees a problem and has to fix it, can't not be fixed. And looking at... Andrew, and as he was growing up, and all the work he put in in school, all the ABA therapy he did, and then to see him get to, I think he actually had the initial idea when, we were, when he was 18, um, seeing, okay, well, what's, what's the next chapter of Andrew's life going to bring, uh, and seeing that there really wasn't a whole lot of job opportunities in the program that he was in was probably not going to create a, a job opportunity for him saying, okay, well, I have to take action. I can't, you know, as a, as a father, I can't not do anything here. And, I, you know, he went to a local car wash and said, hey, that looks like a good business. Hey, that looks like something Andrew could do. And that was the inception. Then I graduated college, and um, he wanted you know, us to do it together. 
and I took a you know kind of a research-based approach to try to figure out okay was the car wash a great idea? His entrepreneurial gut proved to be very accurate. Um, as we looked at at the industry, we saw that it really was potentially a really strong opportunity because it it really fits a lot of the attributes a lot of individuals with autism have. It's really big and bold in the community, which is a great um, which is a, a great thing to try to change those perceptions as I was talking about earlier because a lot of people come to the car wash, they see they get a great job, they hear that the most of the staff is, or 80% of the staff is on the autism spectrum and they start to fill in the blanks of how capable people with autism can really be. Um, and it's also a really great tool as far as getting the community involved in a business. Most people don't think about car washes out side of when they're like just needing a car wash. They're not talking about it at the dinner table. They're not thinking about trying a new car wash. The car wash that's closest to them is their car wash, right? Right, And right. we're able to tell a story that resonates with people to get them to change their behavior, to talk about it to their friends or to try a new service. And because of that, we've grown a business that when we started, was only wa- well, so we bought an existing struggling car wash. It was only washing about 3,000 cars a month. Uh, to one now that last month we washed over 16,000 cars. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How many employees do you have? So we have uh, 38 employees on the autism spectrum, 43 total. Holy cow. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, are you going to branch out? And, oh, never mind. We can't add. We're going to run out of time, and I need to know about your workshop. So you can, I'll catch you back another time. No. So let's talk about your workshops. Yeah, so um, essentially our goal uh, with Rising Tide U is to share a lot of what we've learned with Rising Tide Car Wash um, with other people that we've been you know, lucky to get a lot of great media attention. And because of that, hundreds and hundreds of families have reached out to us uh, wanting to you know, learn from our, our example uh, and whether that be helping people start car washes like ours, or helping them take our learnings and do other business models. Those are things that we're trying to teach with Rising Tide U. And um, specifically with the workshops that you're kind enough to mention, um, we're trying to teach those broader entrepreneurial skills in a series of one-day workshops across the country. Uh, We'll be announcing a tour um, in the next few weeks. You know, to tell you the truth, that's something I could use. I was sort of forced into entrepreneurship because I had so many special needs children and I just couldn't go to work. If I went to work, I'd have got fired because I always had to go to the school and save somebody. So you just become an entrepreneur without the skill sets and you're kind of always struggling. And I'm in this place right now where I'm going, geez, I really wish I would have got the fundamental skills. I think it's brilliant that you're offering that up. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. We've got to meet some, some great people that are really hungry to make a difference, and we're really we're hoping to be able to empower them through some through some some skills and some inspiration as well. And then, is there a part of this workshop that um, offers the option of maybe franchising Rising Tide, or is it strictly just to give people the skills themselves? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk a lot about Rising Tide in the workshops. We also um, outside of the workshops are looking for partners to do these in in other areas outside of just the two stores that we're doing here in South Florida. Um, But in the workshops themselves, uh, we're really focused more on kind of the broader skills. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then if folks want to want to learn more about the car wash after, you know, they they can obviously reach out to us. Okay, so how do they how do they get a hold of you? Where do they go? Yeah. And so, then last moment of inspiration. So they can go to risingtideu.com or risingtidecarwash.com. Our email addresses are all over them. Uh, and as far as a last moment of inspiration, uh, I really, truly, with all my heart, believe in the capabilities of individuals with autism to prove that they can be exceptionally, exceptionally valuable employees to a variety of businesses. And I really um, challenge the business community to kind of look at stories like ours or stories like Specialist Sterna uh, or Autonomy Works or Poppin' Joe's, a lot of the really great social enterprises out there doing amazing work and seeing how capable they're showing individuals with autism to be. That's beautiful. And I have to commend you for coming up with a business that might actually be a joyful experience for the people mm-hmm. on the spectrum. It's too often that uh, there, there's a concept out there that they have to be working and doing something, and then some mundane, horrible, boring environment is thrown in their face. And, um, you know, who feels successful like that? So I don't want to just sit and move a wooden button from one spot to another. I love this that they're washing cars and being friends and, uh, I mean, water and cars. What's better for autism? <laughs> oh, guys love it. And, you know, they're 85% of our staff, so they're filling pretty much every role in the organization, doing pretty much all of the jobs. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for being on the show. Please say your name for everybody so I don't mess it up. My name is Tom Dieri. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was Tom. I'm not even, even going to do it. I'm not even going to do it. I don't know why, but my tongue doesn't want to say dairy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was Tom from Rising Tide U or Rising Tide the Car Wash. Um, wonderful, wonderful business. I really looked at a lot of the videos and stuff. I, I really would love you to check it out and really give it your support. Maybe consider having, if you're in the area, maybe consider having one of your um, adult children apply for a job. Who knows? It might be the dream come true. Okay, okay, okay. It is time for the great guest giveaway. And I'm really excited today because tomorrow, although it won't be tomorrow by the time you hear this because I have to edit it and put it up. So two days ago when you hear this, season two, episode one of Fix It in Five goes up on the Autism Channel. And this is This is the life-changing show. So you really have to find a way to either get a Roku box or the smart television or whatever it takes to watch it on the Autism Channel. Or you can wait for 72 days and I'll put it up on Vimeo. But it's really, really, really a special show. Um, Violence, uh, sexual inappropriateness, all that stuff is being dealt with in the show and it's dealt with in a beautiful way and in a way that is successful. So I really would like you to have a chance to see how that's done. Um, I can't offer it as a great guest giveaway because I'm my hands are tied on that. It goes to the Autism Channel first for quite a while. So instead, I'm going to offer, it is April right now, and it's Autism Awareness Month. It is my birthday month. In fact, my birthday is on Global Autism Awareness Day. So I always offer to do some speaking for free during this month if it is to raise funds for autism. I didn't do that offer this year because I was so busy editing for the autism channel. So now I still, I'm done (laughs) 
and I still have two weeks left. So by the time you hear this, there's about 10 days left where I actually could fly somewhere and speak for free if you need that. So this is my great guest giveaway, but you have to grab it really quick. So go ahead and email it at mom4, the number four, so it's mom, number four, evermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O, dot com. And just put in the, in the subject line, me! <laughs> and the first person to do that, I will say yes, and I will go there. Just, you have to fly me because I'm out of money. The IRS is after me. What can I say? Okay, so, um, yay! I was the, okay, 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 great guest giveaway. And now it is time for Stories from the Room. I think I want to answer the question I raised, which is, is it better to have a family business or is it better to get your child to go out there as a, your man child, your woman child, to go out there and get a job out in the world? And I think I, I can't answer it because it depends on the circumstance, but I can tell you our story and what happened for us. So. I was, you know, looking at the kids and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to have to create a family business that they can work in. And I'm looking for the, you know, mini putt and trying to think, you know, where can we put this and how will I run it? And I don't really like to be that organized and all that stuff. And as I'm figuring it out and I'm betting it and I'm figuring out the money and looking at loans and looking for property and looking at packages, one of my children gets a job. Now, he gets a job kind of accidentally. I'd been driving him from, you know, location to location, and he just sort of, it was so early in the morning that he walked up to this one guy and he said, you know, I'd like to work, and he gave him his phone number, just wrote it on a scrap piece of paper, and two days later, someone walked off the job and the guy was desperate, and he found this paper in his pocket, so he called my house and I grabbed my son out of bed and I kind of throw him at this job, and um, it was a pipeline job, and he managed actually not to get fired. Every day that he came home, we were like waiting for him to tell us that he was fired, but he kept staying and staying and staying, and then the guy, he's such a hard worker that the people, the other employees, sort of covered for him as he learned. Well, so I'm still looking to maybe create a family business, and I'm seeing my son change and become stronger and, and more confident, and I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't have a family business. So slowly but surely, one child at a time, all with the exception of one, got their own jobs, their own career paths, or their own series of jobs, you know, a job, then fired, a job, then fired, a job, then fired. Then, you you know, it just sort of figure life out one step at a time, one problem at a time. But I was always asking myself, should I have done this mini golf? Would that have been better? Would that have been less stressful? So just recently, I was looking at my son, Dar, who wants to be an actor, and I'm putting him all those commercials and stuff, and I was thinking about that whole family business idea and how we'd all still be sort of connected <clears throat> and how it had all gone. And I realized that the answer was no. I shouldn't have. It went exactly as it was supposed to. But not because my kids would have been better off without me doing the family business or better off with me doing it, that wasn't the decider. When I sat and was honest with myself, 
the fact is I would have hated running it. So if I hate running the family business, I'm going to be a stressed-out, lousy parent and not a very good entrepreneur. So what you want to do when you answer questions, any questions, is not so much listen to you know the formulas out there in the world, but ask yourself first and foremost, how am I going to be the most wonderful parent? Because this challenge goes on and on and on. And even when your children aren't living at home and they're on their own, you are helping them solve problems for years and years and years. you got to like your life because that's where your energy comes from. If you don't want to run a family business, don't. If you do, do. But if you don't, help your children find a place where they'll be loved, accepted, and appreciated. And really, that's the answer, regardless of disabilities or abilities. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. You've been listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. Thank you for being here. Without you, I'd just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of A New Spin on Autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.